hello to all of our lovely listeners out there. It's January 22nd, Tuesday, and today we're on Matthew 17. Uh, it's always good to be back with everybody. I am joined today. I haven't even said this yet, I think, this year. My name is Brent Smith. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I keep it's skipping so nice that and saying you. I'm joined today by <laughs> these guys, and I just realized, I was like, I don't think I've introduced myself yet this year. Any new <laughs> listeners, my name is Brent Smith. So anyway, <laughs> I am joined by uh, Daniel Yelverton and Michael Miller, as always today. Uh, guys, it's good to see you again. How about this weather? Yeah, yeah. great, right? It's, man... <laughs> We actually did. We got a chance to build a really like a nice ice snowman in our backyard. We call him Yelvy. He's like our estranged cousin. <laughs> he, uh, we didn't even put buttons on his shirt. He actually is like, we put like a belly button and stuff on him, and so he <laughs> he's shirtless. Um, nice. So it's a it's a it's a pretty interesting spectacle right in our backyard. Uh, probably a good thing we did it in our backyard instead of the front yard, so the people didn't like just avoid our house. Did you guys see mine? Uh, oh yeah, with the uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think the stormtrooper. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The helmet on it. <laughs> well, what's funny is I'm the Star Wars geek around here, and um, <laughs> but my 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 my, my I was about said the wrong age. My six year old Noah, he uh, I said four. You see how I'm you know, these kids <laughs> they grow up too man. fast. Yeah, but my six year old Noah's like, hey, let's put the stormtrooper helmet on. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> this is a genius idea. So yeah, that's that's what we did. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> we but built. We built one out in the drive, or not in the driveway, but out in the front yard. That would have been an unwise choice. In the driveway, driveway. yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a really wide driveway. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we built built a big one that's almost as tall as I am, and then I let Riley build one all on her own, and she stuck the carrot in the top of its head and said it was a unicorn (laughs) instead of making it a nose, because she is really big into unicorns right now. So that's fun. (laughs) By the way, Brent, you know, he wanted to say, you know, hello to all of our, what do you say, wonderful guests or? Our lovely Lovely Lovely, listeners, I think. I also want to say hello to those of you that aren't so lovely, too. You're you're welcome as well. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm here for you guys. We give huge encouragements here, you know, (laughs) self-esteem boosts. Um, So some of you guys that just aren't really fantastic people, I mean, you're welcome to listen, too. (laughs) Uh, Everybody's like, I don't, I don't even I, know how to segue. Out where, of this. where do we even go from here? <laughs> I know. All right, guys. Well, we don't have any context to set up today uh, for this. We're just traveling on from uh, we were we in Matthew we're ten last week. <laughs> Daniel brought up that it is uh, quite a coincidence that we didn't even realize that he brought up the transfiguration last week, and then we start with the transfiguration for this week. So yeah, way to ruin that, Brent. You know, I know. I looked for a second like we knew what we were doing. <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. This is Matthew 17 with the Dwell app. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision 
until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. All right, you guys, that's Matthew 17. Um, any observations on that? My first one is, all I could think was, money doesn't grow on trees, but apparently it grows inside of fish. <laughs> it does. No, and this is, this just, uh, I think, is will affirm to a lot of men in our audience that, and a lot of men that come to our church, that fishing is a holy thing, that, you know, that you can, you can go, f- I, I, oh, it's funny, though, because Pastor Phil loves to fish. Like, yeah. that's like his, like, enter the dojo for him. Like, he loves to fish. And, like, for me, like, fishing is, like, impossible i don't even know like what to do like it's yeah. a it's a tangled mess and i'm terrible at it and so like uh so i suffer greatly when tax season comes around because i can't i'm not fishing and yeah. i can't i can't pay the taxes and so no no but it's uh no shekels I, for you i know exactly <laughs> shekelless well if there were sh- if there were literally shekels in fish today i would become a fisherman but uh, that's, that's not my thing that's true so is a shekel like if a drachma is like there's like a two drachma tax so if there's two drachmas and he says a shekel is a shekel like yeah. a dime compared to a nickel like yeah, a drachma? That, 
Yeah, I actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually looked that one up. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, it it it, it was enough for two people. Okay. So basically, it was it was it was that it was kind of like a diamond to nickels. Yeah. It, it, except for much more, but like yeah. the, the idea was, it was enough to pay for both Peter and Jesus' tax. But, which, huh. by the way, I think that's this is an interesting thing because, and I was telling Daniel this earlier. Um, you see these stories put together, and you're like, man, this looks like a mess at first. You know, you see this transfiguration, which we'll get into, and this this healing of uh, the de- of a boy with a demon, and then Jesus is talking about his death and resurrection. Then you get to this this tax thing. You're like, why, why do they put all these stories together? And and I realized that all this one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. You have this transfiguration that kind of shows, oh snap, Jesus is like the bridge between earth and heaven, like, mm-hmm. and, and it shows you. That, that God is pleased, it shows you kind of like the drop mic moment of who Jesus is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Peter freaks out, like, I don't know what to do with myself, you know. <laughs> so so that makes sense, right? We, we, we see that. And then we see Jesus healing a demon. So we see what Jesus is capable of. Yes, it's, we see who he is, and we see what he can do. And then, after that's set up, then he's like, and by the way, I'm going to die and raise again. So that, the, you know, the the... The, this chapter gets heavier as you go. Mm-hmm. And so after that, then we get this fish story. And, and, and most of us are like, what? <laughs> okay, we, we were, we were you know, moving along in a good trajectory here. What in the world we got this tax and this fish? And then I realized he just got done talking about death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So if, if you look at this p- part of the story in that context of death and resurrection, what's going on here? Well, you realize that, that Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, He's teaching Peter a lesson, and of course that teaches us a lesson. Hey, Peter, um, so do you think that I need to pay this tax? He's like, no, I don't need to pay this tax. This, this is this is a this is a temple tax. This is being paid like you know to the temple to God, so to speak, right? So I don't need to pay this. I mean, I, I'm the son of God. I'm I, I'm God. Mm. I don't need to pay this, but I will anyway. Mm-hmm. Why, Jesus? Well, then if you look at this in the context of, um. Of, of the crucifixion. Jesus doesn't have to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesus did nothing to earn this death. He did yeah. nothing. And so, but he, but he does it anyway. And I, I think this is maybe a bit, maybe I'm taking it too far, but I, I can see a bit of foreshadowing here. Like Jesus pays the cost, even though he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and even if, if it's not foreshadowing, what it, what it is, is it does show Jesus's character. Yeah. Jesus is willing to, to do things for us, even when he doesn't have to. And I, and I just, that's, when I see this whole chapter, I think it, it, we're trying this year to really know Jesus. That's one thing that we're trying to do in this, in this church this year is really, really pay attention to the gospels. And, and when we get past the gospels in our chapter a day study, we want to try to see Jesus in the scripture. We want Jesus to be alive and we want to have our relationships with him closer. Yeah. And so when I read this with that kind of thought process, I'm seeing the character of Christ. I'm seeing that he is the kind of guy or he is the kind of God that that will do things that he doesn't have to because he loves us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels weird calling Jesus a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you said that, you I was know like, what wow, I mean. I've never thought right. of that. That's yeah. why I had to say or or the kind of God. Yeah. But yeah. I've just never yeah, I was like, oh yeah. It's weird calling him a guy. You, you know he was what? a guy, yeah, but like But you know what? That's that's something that that I've been realizing recently too. Jesus was a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is God. I'm not. I'm not taking that away. You yeah. know, and I know it's it's really complicated, and and it's really controversial when you start talking about what exactly Jesus was. 
But the way I see Jesus is that he showed us how to be human. Mm -hmm. So to do that, he had to be human. Mm -hmm. So I tend to see God and man with, and I see, I see God placing some restrictions upon himself so he could show us how to be, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I definitely think that, that, Jesus was a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's amazing that we can to see his example uh, and we can wear our WWJD bracelets because, you know, that's what talk about old stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, throwback. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> but yeah, we can wear our WWJD bracelets because he was the example of how we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's also kind of interesting to me. I'm I'm observing a little bit just the disciples in this chapter. And they just, they don't get it, man. It's, and, and, I, and that's okay. I mean, like, I'm not faulting them at all because obviously I'm, I'm in a similar boat in that I don't always understand what Jesus is doing, what God is doing in my life and how things are kind of transpiring. And so you have like Peter who's like, like, so if you like, for example, I guess if you see me start building a couple tents, then you know, it's an awkward situation and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to build tents because I guess that's what you should do. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's just there. It's so, and I mean, Jesus is like, He's a little cryptic in this whole thing. Like, I mean, he's telling them about, like, they're asking questions about Elijah. He's saying, hey, you can't, like, talk about this until I'm raised from the dead. And so they're probably like, okay, what's going on? And then Jesus continues to talk about his death, and they get really distressed. And then they probably get pretty discouraged when this this boy comes in that's demon-possessed, and they're not able to do anything about it. Like, Mm -hmm. because... Because just a few chapters before, uh, when they were sent out, they were uh, in Matthew chapter ten. We talked about they were sent out with the authority to cast out demons and to heal people, and then they're not able to do that in this one. And so, um, and it, what's interesting is there's some translations and some manuscripts say that um, that it has a has like an addition to like the, you notice in this chapter, at least in the one I'm reading, that there's not a verse twenty one, uh, and uh, it says that some will include a verse twenty one that says that. Uh, that this kind of demon or this kind of issue can only happen. It only happens if through prayer, like through prayer and fasting. And so I didn't notice that. I just went back. Yeah, yeah. there's like 2022. What are you guys doing in my Bible? <laughs> there's a yeah, I know. And so like, and so some manuscripts include that. They'll they'll do that too with like John chapter eight, the end of John right. chapter eight, or no, sorry, Mark. beginning. Was no, it? no. Notice John chapter eight when the woman is caught in the act of adultery. Some they'll say some manuscripts have some early manuscripts have this. Some don't. There, isn't there something in Mark two where there's like several verses mm-hmm. that, that are yeah you know, that I think are it's like, like the, at the end of it or something. And I think that can be confusing when we're sitting here reading the Bible. We're like, okay, like this is missing. Is this like the thirteenth floor of a, a hotel? <laughs> you know that no one wants to avoid this verse because it's really weird or whatever it is. And I think you just have to understand that um, that some of the manuscripts they have. When they were developing the canon, there was manuscripts that that carried the same theme, that carried the theme of Jesus, what he did. And there were some that included just different details, some that had different observations, saw different things from a different area. And that doesn't mean that one is not true and the other one is true. It's just more that when they when they brought it all together, it was a compilation of the works of Jesus. And they went through so many different um, reasons why yeah. uh, they chose these books. You know, they looked at the terminology that they used. That they would say this was what people would say back in. They, the they first wanted to century. have some harmony, because um, this is something I've studied too. That's really difficult. I mean, there are several gospels that are not in our Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, what we, the, there's like a gospel of Mary Magdalene. There's a gospel of Thomas, and there's yeah. there are others. There's even a, like a gospel of Judas. I'm like, well, that couldn't have happened, you know, but, <laughs> but so, I mean, so there's yeah. some weird things and there, and there, and yes, there's certainly some criteria. Yeah. You know, just dig him up and get him writing. Right. But, but there, there are some criteria for it. But the thing is, 
if you take all that controversy away and just look at it, look at if you look at the Bible for just a moment, like you look at you know how you read other things, you can take the wealth of what's written and get it. So let's imagine for a moment that the Gospel of Thomas was included into Scripture, and if they, if they decided to do that, and there might be a thing or two in the Gospel of Thomas that that like that doesn't make sense, fine. <laughs> look at the wealth of what is written, and and you can see the truth in it. Yeah. That and, and that's the reason why we have four gospels mm-hmm. because it, we don't see the story once, <laughs> we don't see the story twice. We see the narrative three times, and then we see this theological masterpiece by John. Yeah, we have different accounts of it to where we can look at them all and be like, "Man, this stuff happened." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So don't. So that's something that I've had to struggle with over over the last few years too. Don't get caught up when we're reading the gospel because we're going to move right from Matthew into Mark, right? And if you see something that appears to be different, don't get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Look at the wealth of that you see in the gospels. And, and recognize the truth that is Jesus. You know, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Because we can get caught up in, in this stuff, and, and it'll take you down a rabbit hole that will mess you up. Just look at look at what's going on and see Jesus in the passage. Yeah. And I think the... Sorry, Brent, you were going to say something? I was just going to ask you real quick. You said that... Because um, I was just confused on what you meant by it when you said that the part that was omitted... Well, the demon only happens through fasting and prayer. I mean, the, the, typically the, it can only be cast out by that, or that it comes in during that. No, 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 no. So it, it it's it's uh, that demon is only cast out through prayer and fasting. Oh, okay. It, okay. And and I wanted to kind of jump back to that because I think that Sorry. can be really My confusing. My bad, Daniel. No, 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 no. I I love the where we went where we went there. Yeah. But I I wanted to go back to that because I think that can be kind of a really confusing thing as far as like because the disciples did have this authority that Jesus gave them, and then. Uh, these, you know, this dad had brought his son uh, to the disciples, you know, the, so the disciples were trying to cast out this demon, they weren't able to. And I think uh, one thing that we can take from this, and I, I kind of go draw from this from looking at the disciples, is that the process of following Jesus and the process of being connected to the kingdom of God and having the God work through you is a, always going to be a process of learning. You're never just going to arrive. Like, you're not going to hit this Matthew 10 moment where where God just gives you the ability to do these things, and then you're good for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And so I think that Jesus is constantly revealing more and more uh, of the kingdom to this. And I think that it's really powerful to also know that there's some things in our lives that we have to wrestle with through prayer, mm-hmm. you know, that are that are just going to be a time where we're just going to have to pray through this. Pray that God will give us the ability to go through it. Pray that God will give us the ability to, to to heal us or to take it out or whatever it is. There's just going to be things that we're going to face that we need prayer for. And prayer is is such a powerful thing. I mean, that's the thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to do. You know, of all the things that they could ask Jesus, you know, uh, like an opportunity. Like if Jesus says, I'm going to grant you like one wish, like a genie kind of thing. Like, like if I could grant you one wish, what would you want kind of thing? And the disciples were like, teach us how to pray, you know, teach us how to pray, because I think they recognize, and and you'll see this throughout scripture, is that when Jesus prayed, amazing things happened, powerful things happened. When Jesus would go and spend time with the Father, there was, they they noticed that, you know, and and so I think that that's just, um, that to me sticks out as saying, there's times in my life where I kind of, if I'm honest, I use prayer as a last resort, and that's backwards, you know, prayer needs to be the the go to, the thing that I need to go to to 
to deal with the situation first and foremost. Um, and so I don't know that that part kind of stuck out yeah. to me as far as taking a situation and wrestling with it in prayer instead of just kind of doing it in our own ability, our own power, or even off of like a, an old spiritual experience. You know, I think we had a we had an amazing worship night um, in the beginning of the year, and one of the things that God really put on my heart about it was that there's going to be greater moments of worship beyond this. Like we just didn't reach the nirvana and the pinnacle of worship, you know, that there's so much more to come. And so I think we can, we can live off an old spiritual experience and kind of like have that be the thing that, that, uh, clues us into our connection to God that helps us through our daily activity. But, but really I think what God wants us to do is, is daily stay connected to him yeah. because he's doing new things. He's doing greater things than we could even imagine. Uh, and so we don't have to necessarily live off like a past spiritual experience. Sorry. I know it kind of went well, all kinds l- of directions. Well, let there. me, let me ask you a question with it okay. that I think might tie it together. <clears throat> Daniel, <laughs> what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer to me is 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 basically petitioning the Father for a need. It is the ask. It is the connection and the communication that you have with the Heavenly Father. Okay. It's the it's the time where it's almost like I think of it as like a cell phone call, which is kind of really messed up. I think, but I think it's a time when I call Dad and I just say here's what's going on. I need to hear from you. And, and I think, uh, in the past I've prayer has usually only been a one way conversation, you know, where mm-hmm. we would just say a bunch of things that we need from God and then hang up the phone. And I think that, that God really wants to use that opportunity to speak to us. And yeah. so in that time, I think that prayer is also a time for us to stop and hear. So not only to, to, to talk to the heavenly father, but also to hear, um, so that, that's the way that I interpret prayer is that yeah. communication with, with the Father. I think that one thing that, that a lot of us, and, and I'm included with this, I think we've been raised with a, a bad picture of what prayer is. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, all right, this is this time where I write down this list and I tell you know, God my, my wish list. All right, God, so um, heal this one person and help me with my financial situation and gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme, gimme. You know? And, and I'm learning that, that prayer is much more than that. If you look at you know, what we just, you know, we've recently gone past this with the Sermon on the Mount, but the Lord's Prayer. If you look, Jesus doesn't say, you know, hey, God, thank you for this day. Um, hi, um, could you bless all these things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jesus begins with this, this thing of, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus begins his prayer with praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and then he goes, no, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like he starts going into not, not do what I want, but Lord, I'm praying for that. You sink our will that, that, that your will be done and that, and that fix my heart to where I'm with your will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and then he gets into needs and, 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 and more. But the point is, is I think that we, we dive right into gimme, gimme, gimme. And it's a, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you talk with people, you don't just say, hey, Daniel, could you give me a bunch of stuff? You know, it's more like... Great to talk to you again, Michael. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Instead, I mean, we have a conversation. And, and I yeah. think that, that prayer is, is a conversation. And one, la- one thing else, another thing I'll say about prayer 
is how Paul talks about praying without ceasing. And, and I think we pictured that as like, what? So, so what are you saying, Paul? We got to walk around with our eyes closed all the time, you know, and, you know, hop on our knees or something. Like, <laughs> like what do you? No, it's not, it's not yeah, talking I always about wondered, like, how do I do my daily life right? yeah. and pray the entire time? The yeah. idea is that the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you to be awake and aware of that yeah. to where you're always speaking to God. You're yeah. always. You know, and so like when something good happens, you're like, no, that's awesome. Thank you, God. You know, when th- something bad happens, you know, could you be here with this, God? And and w- when you learn something, you know, you're talking to God about what you learn, like, Man, this is awesome. You know, Lord, uh, this, this, what, you, what you just you know, wrote, what I, what I see in Scripture, like, this is amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's like a it's like a conversation all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the one thing I just thought about when you were talking about that is just kind of relating it to phone conversations and that how we we talk to each other, especially when we talk to somebody that we love or we care about. Our conversation style is different. Um, I always know, and this is probably the benefit of having Yelverton as your last name. <laughs> I always know when a telemarketer is calling me, you know, because it's like this. Uh, hey, could I speak to Daniel? Yeah, 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 you're, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh no, he's not here. And then like, you know, or like, uh, or like when it's the pre-recorded thing, and it's like the you hit that, that pause and that click or whatever it is, and oh, like yeah. right when you hit answer the phone, and so it's like, okay, yeah, there's something automated. Uh, but um, anyways, it made me think of like there's such a I guess an, an officialness that we feel like we have to present to God with prayer. Like we have to use the right words. The we King have to James use prayer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. King James, like vows and these and things that we never use. And we have yeah. to say Father God a hundred times for him to, to get like what we and are. The word are just. Saying. Lord, would you just, would you just, yeah. just, would you just. Oh, and, and, and so I think that we, we have this kind of, we almost regurgitate these kind of prayers. Yeah. And. And I know that if I am, if I get a phone call from somebody like a telemarketer, I know I have no connection with them. I know I have no connection with them at all, wow. and they have no connection with me. And they're just kind of spilling out this this pre-recorded or this rehearsed lines that they kind of go through, and they're like they're reading their their script of whatever it is of what they're supposed to say, and they think that that's going to be really effective, but that doesn't draw my heart. That doesn't bring us into deeper relationship. However, if I get a call from Laney. Or I get to hear like my son Judah uh, on the phone, like we'll talk. You know that yep. just draws me in, and that that I, I know that connection's there, and I'm into and I'm deeply invested into the conversation. And so I think about that, like when it comes to our heavenly Father, we can come with all these like pre-recorded, like rehearsed. We say the same things, and we do all of this stuff, and it's just I don't know. Like I feel like there's that's devoid of like relational connection. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you just started your prayer with like Dad? Dad, I just, I really, I want to talk to you right now. I want to, I want to hear from you. I mean, if, if Judah, if my son, he's only three, but I mean, I know if my son's, a, when he turns into a teenage years and everything, if he calls me the phone and says, Dad, I need to talk, you know, I'm dropping everything yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that conversation and I'm going to be engaged in that conversation, you know? And I, and I just think that, that the heavenly father is our father and he's our dad. And he, he knows the hairs on our head. And so the intimacy that he has with us is so great, but yet we feel like we can't even like, we're not even comfortable enough to talk to him or we're not saying the right things and we're going to disappoint him because we're using the wrong words. I mean, guys, no, that's not even close to what it is. I mean, my son says the wrong words all the time and I think it's adorable. Like I really (laughs) do. Like he calls it, his middle name's Elias and he calls himself Kalias all the time. He's like, my name is Judah Kalias. That's his rap name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) 
this alias that does and, sound awesome you know? and, and so yeah i mean he messes up words all the time and it's like i love it you know i mean like yeah. draws me into that and that's part of like him growing up and him eventually kind of figuring this out you know and so i just i think that there's there's much more tenderness that the father has towards us especially when it comes to prayer and i think when we can pray from a position of seeing him as a dad and that's hard for some people too because I, I grew up with a great dad, you know, but not everybody had that opportunity, you know, and, and I know that can be a barrier when it comes to relating to God as a heavenly father. And, and I'm sorry if you're listening to the podcast this morning and that's a really big struggle for you where I'm so sorry to hear that, but just know that everything that your dad was supposed to be your heavenly father is, and so much more. You know, what's great about, you know, what's great about God <laughs> a lot. No, uh, the, the, the whole the Trinity piece, mm-hmm. I know it's hard to understand, and I'm not claiming that I do. But if you can't really connect with a father because you have such a difficult past with a father, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. The, the Holy Spirit is, is peaceful and wise. The Holy Spirit's a lot like a mom. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to get into God's gender and all that mess right now, but like, if it helps you to picture in the Holy Spirit as feminine for you to be able to connect, then go for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not saying what God is. I'm talking about how you picture God so you can connect. Mm -hmm. You know, and Jesus might, might feel more like a brother Mm -hmm. than a father. So if you've got a father figure issue, but you've got a rock solid brother, then that's why we have a Trinity. You can connect with God in the way that you need to connect with God. God God knew before he created you that you were going to have a terrible dad. Mm-hmm. And I think the Trinity is is a help to fix that. So, like, you know what? I understand you can't deal with this father thing, and that's cool. I I am what I am. You know, I am I am what Popeye. you need me to be. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you are Popeye. <laughs> um, and I would I'd like to explain prayer a little bit too. Where um, you know we I think each of us has had conversations uh, outside of the podcast about this, but like. Something that I do with prayer, there's like two kinds of prayer for me. One is an official prayer, sitting there and talking to God and sitting down and saying, Heavenly Father, praise you, you know, um, talk to him for my needs, for, you know, lifting him up, all that stuff. But there's the other one that's like, for me, it's almost like just getting in a zone um, that I can't really explain well. But like a good example of it is like the other day we had a staff meeting and, um, Pastor Phil had asked me, hey, since you're the worship leader, uh, we want to have a couple of videos, like worship music that we can all worship together during our prayer time and, and stuff. And and so I woke up that day and I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna seek kind of for what I'm supposed to do. And I had in my mind already like these two videos, like, oh, these will work. That'll be great. But I went into it knowing that I needed to do some work and that I needed to seek is the right word that I can think of. But um so I just kind of started, I got on YouTube and I started looking at different things and kind of going down a rabbit hole and stuff. You know, you, one video leads to another video yep. leads to another video. But the whole time I'm just kind of seeking and I'm going, God, is this, is this the right one? And there's just something in me that when it is, it just clicks and I can feel yes. that it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that more than anything, that's my prayer and my conversation with God is it's more of like, feeling out you know the things that i'm doing the things that i'm going through in life the conversations that i'm having the people i'm interacting with just like kind of almost like bouncing things off of him and being like what am i supposed to do here is this the right thing give me a leading for it give me confirmation for it and and it it just kind of it works you know it tends way more often than not 
it seems to be right than than wrong. So for me, that's kind of where my prayer is. My my praying without ceasing, I should yeah, say. Yes, it's exactly. that it's that conversation and that connection, almost an unspoken thing, but just sensing where he's leading me, constantly checking with him to double check and make sure where he's leading me, um, and then moving in those things. So, mm-hmm. have you guys? Any of you guys have pets? I, I we just got a cat and I'm not normally a cat person I'm only a dog person but that responsibility seemed too much for me but um, you know how we when you're when you're at home and, and that pet follows you around all the time and that pet really can't talk I mean they can wag their tail and they can bark or, or meow or whatever it is yeah. but like they're there and there's still some kind of communication that goes between you know you and that animal I kind of see God that way a bit that not that God's the animal the other way around, like we're the stupid animal, we're the stupid dog, and and we're trying to communicate in the best way that we possibly can, but we don't have the right words, mm-hmm. we don't have the right prayers, we don't have the right anything, but God does, and it's a matter of 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 presence, that we're there and we're trying to communicate and 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 we're listening, and we're and we're you know we're we're there, and I kind of I kind of feel like God is, you know, God is a part of us. God is the Holy Spirit is in us, and we are we are with Him. We're following him. We're trying to, anyway, follow him wherever he goes. And and we might not say the right things, but the idea is trying your best to communicate with him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I wanted to throw something else out here as as we're looking at the scripture, um, back with the, like the transfiguration piece. Um, I think this is an interesting thing because when we read these scriptures, I'm always trying to figure out, so what do I do with this? Mm. Great. Jesus goes up to this mountain. He basically turns into like this weird light thing. I'm like, what in the world? I probably would have been like Peter, like, let's build a tent, you know, <laughs> which that makes sense for him because of the Jewish thing, like building a temple and worship. And I get that. Yeah. But, you know, I, like I would have had a, I would have had it. Exactly. I would have I would have had a stupid reaction, too, because, you know, holy tomatoes, what in the world's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. But so I thought, well, how do I take this? So then I looked at, well, how did they take this? So I started looking at, like, how different church fathers interpreted this. And, and I backed up and I realized I don't have to go to the church fathers. Uh, John wrote about it and we don't, we don't really, we're not even really told that he wrote about it. But then when you read the opening chapter of, of God's, of of gone, wow, (laughs) of God, if you read the opening chapter of gone, of of John, man, I'm a mess. Um, (laughs) When you read the opening chapter of John, you see, see him talking about this light. So let me, let me read this because this this is some just beast mode scripture from John. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So there, there, So we, we have John saying who Jesus is. And so that's what this, this transfiguration thing is, is Jesus is showing, like, this is who he is, right? And then he says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And skipping down to, to verse 9, the true light, which gives light into the to everyone, was coming into the world. And of course, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So John took this picture of Jesus as the light, and he realized how significant that is. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the light of the world. He is our shining example. He is the bridge between humanity and deity that, that, we, that we can 
because of Jesus, we can relate. Because of Jesus, we have the Spirit. You know, because of Jesus, we have illumination through the Spirit. We have the light. We can see in the darkness. And it's all because of who he is. Jesus is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy, in-depth application that John took from it. Yeah. You know, that this stuff must have wrecked their world, man. Could you imagine seeing this? Oh, I, I can't imagine it. I mean, well, not that seeing like Moses and Elijah. I mean, like yeah. like pillars of their like of their faith. I mean, those were like Elijah, one of the major prophets that they had um, rescued Israel from one of their worst kings, or not rescued, but at least was a part of a time yeah. when it was really bad spiritually for Israel. And Moses was probably what people would say close to the founder of their faith, if not Abraham. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. That's crazy. It's crazy that that's all kind of happening all right there. You yeah, know? and that, I'm glad you went there because that's been my big question that I took from this that I was wrestling with. Do I bring this up? Do I not? Do I bring this up? But is the significance of Elijah and Moses being there? And then it's also um, in Revelation, there's a period where it says two witnesses will come down and prophesy right. and, and warn the earth for mm-hmm. three and a half years, the first three and a half years of you know tribulation and... Um, a lot of people assume that it's them. Yeah. So I just didn't know what what really is that significance, except for just that they are powerful prophets. And now Moses also prof- prophesied about Jesus. He said that there was one that's going to come, that's going to be in the in the likeness of me, but it's going to be like going to basically fulfill everything that we're doing that we're talking about here with the the commandments and the laws right. and everything like that. So Moses prophesied about Jesus and. Um, even like with Elijah, Elijah was very, very much a, like a, a, a huge prophet for them. And so I think that they talk about like someone coming in the spirit of them. So they're coming into this place where Moses was bringing so much uh, stability to the Jewish nation. They were in idolatry for 400 plus years in Egypt with a God that they felt like abandoned them. I mean, think about the task that Moses had to kind of set the trajectory of the nation of Israel in the right direction. It only took him like a couple days to build a golden calf. And, you know, after when Joe, when Moses went up into the mountain, you know, and so like they were, they just had a lot of issues. And so, um, and so I think that that's why there's a, there is, uh, people that were very instrumental into the Jewish faith, but also to bringing in and to kind of setting the trajectory for the nation of Israel for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I don't know if we have time to talk about this is um, sure we'll make is, it our last. All right, is that uh, I feel like, and this is just me when I read scripture. Sometimes it's sometimes it's it's hard for me to kind of get context or even just kind of understand exactly what's going on. But it feels to me like Jesus is super harsh, like when he's talking to yeah. the people, when he's like, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long will I be with you? How long am I to bear with like, you? It's like, dude, we're just trying to cast out demons, I, man. I know, I know. <laughs> and it re- it really does feel like I'm like, man, like Jesus is, is I mean, he's, yeah. he's mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to use like any other adjectives, you know, because that's just way too far for Jesus. But I mean, like he comes across as kind of mean and I'm like, what, what is going on here? But I think that. Jesus, I think one of the things that Jesus was uh, instrumental in was he set, uh, just as much as uh, Moses and Elijah, but so much greater, set the trajectory for the church. 
and he knew he was only going to be there for a short time. And his time there was very intentional in pouring into the disciples and building them up so that they could carry on and they could, with the power of the Holy Spirit, launch the, the church, you know, that was going to be instrumental in changing the entire world. And so I think that there are a lot of times we can just get so dependent on, I think, Jesus and what he was able to do. And I think Jesus was kind of like, gosh, guys, I want you to get this. I want you guys to get this because I'm not going to always be here. It's going to be better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come and work through you. But you are going to have to realize that like this process is going to take faith. It's going to take surrender. It's going to take the faith of a mustard seed to be built well within you so something amazing can happen. Because you can't just depend on me physically being here because I'm going to go, I have to go to prepare a place for you and I have to go do this, you know, and I this is part of what the Father's plan anyway is. And so I think that, I don't know if it comes across for me as, like in a, in a vacuum, it comes across really harsh but I think Jesus is more exhorting them. He's like saying, hey, man, get out of the basement of your parents' house when it comes to, like, your <laughs> spirituality, you know, and your faith. And I think we want that. Like that we we're w- millennials. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we want that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we, we want, I think it makes sense for us. It makes sense because if Jesus is pouring into his disciples, he wants them to get it so they can do it on their own, right? That's why he empowers them. We talked about that in Matthew chapter 10 to go and do these things. And that's why he's been teaching them this whole time is he wants to build them up so that they can spiritually uh, be vessels carved out for the Holy Spirit. And and so I think that that to me is one that Jesus is not necessarily being really harsh as, as much as he is like saying, guys, you, we can't. You can't always just depend on me always here for the presence. You yeah. have to, you're going to have to go out and be the presence and be me to so many other people. Because like you said earlier, Jesus was physically limited. You know, he, he allowed himself to be physically limited to a person that had to walk everywhere. You know, I mean, imagine being omnipresent and then having to walk everywhere, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, and so, and so he knew that. And so he knew that he needed to do that. And, and I think that to me, from being a dis- discipleship pastor, that sticks out to me a lot in that, you know, I want our us as a church, as Elevation, to be the ones that are going out and being Jesus, that they don't necessarily have to come in and have a Sunday morning experience with us, that they can go experience Jesus all throughout here because we've gotten out of the basement of, you know, our spiritual parents or whatever it is, and we're actually <laughs> spiritual adults, you know? I'm sorry, I'm over here giggling from, like, a joke from the <laughs> 80s because I didn't hear anything Daniel said after... He's like, you know, Jesus had to walk everywhere. And I'm thinking over here like, Daniel, don't you read your Bible? No, he didn't. The Bible says that, that, that he and his disciples were all in one accord. <laughs> that is <Yeah>. Honda. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Daniel, uh, would you pray for us today on our way out <laughs> as, we, uh, as we sure. close the doors and <laughs> shut the trunk on the accord and head uh, down the road? Accord. I know, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much that... Uh, uh, that you are an awesome example uh, for us of what it means to just be human, uh, to walk this earth, to be connected to the Father, uh, to see the needs and have compassion for the people around us. And and Father, I just thank you so much that you help us in our unbelief. You help us in our faithless moments. You help us when doubt and fear and everything creeps in and we just are overwhelmed, God, and it just seems like uh, we cry out uh, as almost like Peter crying out when he's falling into the water, like, save us. 
Um, and I know that we don't, I don't know, it's, it's not that you're rebuking us, but you want us to have stronger faith. You want us to uh, have the faith of a mustard seed. You want us to be able to speak to the mountain, whatever it is, whatever we're facing, and say, move, because we know that we have the power of you in us, and you're working through us. And so, God, I pray that this would be an encouragement to us, that we would dive in deeper into a relationship with the Father, that we would dive in deeper into prayer so that you would teach us and give us wisdom and connect us, God, to what you're doing in your spirit movement here in Blanchester and the surrounding areas and all over the world. God, you are doing great things, so connect us to just your kingdom of God. May we just make steps of faith that are greater than what we can do because we know that you are greater than anything that we, sh- we can face and that you have overcome the world and you've given us that promise. And so, Jesus, I pray that that would come alive to us today, that that would come alive to the listeners today, that they would think that, man, like, I am more than a conqueror because of Jesus and because of everything that he's done. And I have the ability to face down whatever the mountain is, whatever the giant is, whatever the spiritual thing that we're facing right now, and trust, God, that you are powerful enough to take it, but you will also give us the power enough to endure it if that's what you want for our lives. And so, God, we trust you with all of this. Connect us to your kingdom, and may we just run the race for your glory. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, And you guys, thank you so much again for joining us. As always, uh, we love the opportunity to get to do this podcast and send it out there for you guys. So um, if you uh, are new to this, or even if you're not and you don't know where to find it, you know, we've spoken, we follow our chapter a day movement here on this podcast. Um, Someplace that you can go to find out what the actual schedule is for that is the homepage of our website. It's www.myelevationcc.org. And each week we update and have the updated bookmark that we have on our welcome cards. If you come to a service, uh, we hand out welcome cards when you come in and the bookmark is always there. Uh, We also put it on our website and we're also putting it on our Facebook page now too. So we would love for you to follow along with us as we are in Matthew for another couple of podcasts, I believe. Uh, before we move into the next book. So um, join in with us. Come along. So anyway, thanks, guys, for being here. And uh, stay safe out there in this January weather. And we will talk to you next week.